What did we just watch, Amy? We just finished watching Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, Season 1. The whole thing. The whole... We watched it all. Well, we watched one a week for the last 12 yeah. weeks. However long weeks are anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Longer weeks. Nobody knows. Yes, yeah. and we did... We initially did a podcast after we watched the... Um, first episode mm-hmm. of it and did our initial thoughts and i think we were both kind of eh, on the fence yeah. Uh, yeah a little bit oh and yes if you haven't watched all of it there will be spoilers for the whole season yeah. so stop now i mean it's not a show that i feel like can be spoiled i mean not like there's not like big twists or anything yes but some people get very specific I know. About their, I know. They're spoilers. But like nothing but they define as a spoiler. Nothing that happened surprised me in this show. Yes. Like in the in the entirety of it. Um which I think is interesting and kind of I think ties into like my main thoughts about the whole show. I don't know. The 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 season finale kind of surprised me. We can talk about why when we get kind of we to We can talk about it now. The season season finale. Well, okay, so it was episode 12. Oh, you wanted to go, like, episode by episode? No, 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 I didn't want to go episode by episode, necessarily. Okay. But episode 12, season finale, Mm -hmm. deals with uh, her father in the process of dying. Yes. And and dying. And I don't know, for some reason I just got it in my head that, like, he wasn't going to die. Like, some miracle was going to happen. Mostly because... I mean, the story never pointed towards that, but I was like, Peter Gallagher <laughs> is too big a name to die during the first I mean, season. I would have said the same thing about Lauren Graham, although I'm not sure she's coming back. We don't. We, there is well, no season two announced yet. Okay, and Lauren Graham is is keeps being billed as a special guest star. Yeah, so not which always makes me worried. Main cast member. I really appreciated her throughout the entire show. I did too. I needed. Lauren Graham singing. She doesn't have a super strong voice, um, but... But she acts her way through it. She acts her way through <laughs> it, and it was wonderful to see her. Yes. Um, especially as a as a woman boss in Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. which is so rare. Mm-hmm. So very rare. Yeah, and who was actually, like, good at her job, too. Yes, very competent. Yeah. Um, yes. Still had, you know, character flaws, but, like... And also very assertive. Yeah. She's, yeah, no, her. I loved her character over the whole series. I yeah. thought she was really interesting um, and complex in in ways that made me worried every time I saw like special guest star Lauren Graham. I'm like, oh no, that means she might not come back. Yeah, well, and that was one of the reasons that I, I seen Lauren Graham. Uh, I kept watching at a point where I was like, I don't know if I still want to yeah. watch the show. Yeah, I'm not sure I want to watch season two. Like, I enjoyed season one to a certain extent, but with so much TV on there, I feel like I've always got to make the decision, like, is this something I want to keep going on with? Well, it's fair. I I came around, though. Yeah? And I, I did start looking forward to okay, it every, every week. And I think what uh honestly changed for me was the context is the middle of a season happened when we went into self-isolation and all of a sudden like my taste and everything (laughs) changed during that point in time um i get that it's it's been harder for me to watch television shows (laughs) like i don't Mm -hmm. know what i if i want something shorter i want to read like Mm -hmm. it just feels very very different and so because this was a 
a relatively light show, right? Yes. It's dealing with uh, death. And grief. Um, it, but in kind of a positive, mm-hmm. as positive as possible, um, palliative care yeah. kind of way. Well, I, I mean, like, way. the the, uh, the appearance of... Um, Howie the nurse? Howie the nurse, but also um, Bernadette, Bernadette Peters' character. Ah, uh, yes. Um, both brought that perspective to the show um, in the latter half. Yes. Because how he was not in the first half of the show, and I think right. his presence did a lot. I think it brought a lot to the show. For a relatively minor character with, you know, not a lot of storylines. Like, there was one episode sort of about him, but the rest of it was he was he was background to everybody else's life. Yeah, and I mean, this is this is kind of a different representation of death than than Moshe because how he comes in, he is the home health nurse, mm-hmm. kind of living nurse yeah. for the dad's um final few weeks and his philosophy is is pretty like relaxed, not mm-hmm. in like a lazy doesn't know what he's doing sort of way, but let's make him as comfortable as possible. Yeah, let's and, have fun. Let's have milkshakes. <laughs> and, yeah, let's have let's have milkshakes. Let's not medicate him to the point of where he's not mm-hmm. aware of what's going on. Unless, of course, that medication is going to help him sleep or mm-hmm. reduce pain. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, no, his, his characterization, I think, did a lot for what the show was trying to do. And I don't I don't know how the show was produced. I don't know if he was ex- if they planned to have him in there the whole time or they sort of realized they needed this mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, but it worked really well. Yeah. And then we got it's... guest Bernadette Peters who's always great in everything. Yes. But also like portrayed a woman who goes to funerals all the time yeah. and is is super happy and not about the funerals but is has come to be able to live with grief. In yeah. a way that was really nice to see. She's living through it. Yeah. Um, I, I and and her talk with Mary Steenberger's character, mm-hmm. like this is this is a train. It's coming. Yeah. You're getting on it, and yeah. it's not. There are no stops. Yeah. Um. I was a great like line. Was a great moment. Mm-hmm. Um. And again, all these things are happening in the latter half latter half of the show. Of yeah. The show. Um, yeah, the show, I feel, was kind of spinning its wheels in the first half of the season. Yeah. yeah. I do think, I think the episode that really switched it for me, and I was looking back at the episode yeah. list to try to figure out which one which one it was, um, and I think it was episode eight, which I thought it was earlier, when Zoe starts singing her own songs. Yes. And everyone else can hear them. Yes. That was one of the best moments I've seen on TV this whole year. Like, <laughs> like, hands down, that was amazing. Um, I wish the rest of the show had risen to that level. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, that was, um, the, the lead actress, Jane Levy. Yeah. Um, killed it. She did. Just amazing physical comedy at a level I don't think we see enough of anymore. Right, right. And you know, it's really so. Of course, so the way we know that everyone can hear it because it keeps switching back to like the elaborate dance numbers mm-hmm. that and and um like audio quality that we see yeah, when she sound. sees yeah <laughs> when she sees people singing their songs and no one else can see or hear or hear um them 
singing her songs, switching that back to the perspective of the characters, her see her dancing not in polished <laughs> choreography at all. Not no background in like, music. Yeah, no background music, singing kind of live. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, literally the pinnacle of that episode was uh, I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Oh, which she yeah. she sings, like, we don't see her perspective at all. It is just Jane Levy in an office, like, singing to... Um, Stuart Boss, Lauren Graham. Stuart Boss, Lauren Graham, and, and the, the other, other co-worker. The other programmer. And... And she's trying so hard oh, not like, to sing. This is, like, this is, like, the level of physical comedy that you've seen from, like, Jim Carrey in Liar Liar, or... Steve Martin in All of Me. Like, mm-hmm. that just perfect control and character. I was losing my mind with how funny it was. Yeah, it was very, it really looked like her body and voice were doing something that she couldn't control. Yeah. She was trying so, <laughs> so hard, hard. <laughs> to control it. Um, and couldn't, because she saw her boss in this program kissing at night. Uh-huh. Um and and so that's the song she's having is she's trying to expressing yeah. that she saw that but she doesn't want to tell them that yeah but she can't not and um, yeah I don't I want to go watch that again like just a few times because it was so good and and the way the characters uh, the other characters around her were willing to kind of accept this <laughs> not. Fire her or something. I mean, uh, Lauren Graham's character's like, are you on drugs? <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, she could kind of play it out. She's like, as kind of having a nervous breakdown-esque. Yeah. Because of, of the situation her father's in. They, mm-hmm. the, uh, they just re- received bad news in the morning. Yeah. And so she's kind of refusing Struggling. to process yeah. that and kind of ignore it. And what we learn about one of the rules of her powers is that... Um, when someone's hiding a feeling or they're not processing it. It comes out even stronger. It comes out stronger in song. So it yes. also works for On her. her. <laughs> so. Yeah, that was a great episode. That, yeah. And her um, singing to her boss. Yeah. Or oh, the, the, to com- the, the CEO. The CEO. Who's, yeah. who's a very, like, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Kind of ridiculous. Young. Like, yeah, yeah, living in a different world. Yeah. Um, and she starts singing with him. On the table. On the like table. Like a hair song. Yeah. Like, um, um, and her friend comes to her rescue and they sing it together as if it's part of the presentation. Because yeah. uh, he knows what's going on and is like, I, I've got to help. Um, which, that brings me to the love triangle, which I am so not invested in. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Like, because there's, there's uh, Max. Max. Played by Skylar Aston. Yes. Who is her best friend. And they have known each other forever. Yeah. He's like the guy next door. Yeah. And then you have Simon, who is kind of a terrible person. Right. He's engaged. He's engaged. But they're having this kind of like emotional. He and Zoe are kind of having an emotional affair. They're bonding over their fathers. Simon's father in the previous year has... um, Died by suicide, mm-hmm. and he's processing that, um, and they can bond because Zoe's father is dying. Yeah, um, but I don't know what attracts them. 
And I was getting to the end, and I'm like, I don't even know. I know in a love triangle, you're supposed to be on team one or team two. Yeah. Or if you're like me, I'm just like, just just make a throuple. Yeah, just, like, just, just get into the throuple. You're get... fine. <laughs> we I'm have so a solution tired to of this. these love triangles <laughs> as a source of conflict. Yeah, which is why that was one of my favorite jokes in... Uh, late season Crazy Ex-Girlfriend where she's talking to an actual thruple and yeah. is like, and like no, 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 this no, is way harder it doesn't it's no. not <laughs> it's not just a love triangle coming together um, but yeah I just don't like you were saying like you're team one or the other and like they're trying to do that real hard but I have very little sympathy for Simon like I could get if Zoe doesn't want to get with Max for any number of yeah. reasons that's fine I'm not saying she has to be with him, but the show is very much putting up this dichotomy of like, she's got to pick one and it's hard to pick. And I'm like, one of them is a terrible choice. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he's a terrible person. Yes, he's he's kind of f- cheating on his fina- fiance and what yeah I would call an emotional <laughs> affair, not yeah. a, a physical affair. Um, but other than that. <laughs> well, but also like he is, in my opinion not dealt with his grief at all and he's trying to use zoe to deal with that which is a bad way to start a relationship in my mind that that is true and that is kind of what breaks up his his engagement is his like uh process with Mm -hmm. the grief and his unwillingness to process his grief well i don't know if he's not processing it so much it's like it's just Grief is such a complicated and personal process. It's not the, That's something fair. you get over yeah. at all. It's, it's just mm-hmm. it stays with you. Yeah. Um. So I didn't. I didn't really begrudge him the way that he's dealing with fair. it. But yeah, that is a probably a, a problematic thing to bond over. Yeah. For a relationship. Yeah. Um, it helps that like Skylar Aston a lot, but like that doesn't feel like why I'm, if anything, Team Skylar, but I really am not anything. I'm like, Team, just, you know, yeah. just do whatever. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I like Skylar Aston's character a lot more than I like Simon's character. Yes, yes, um, yes. Yeah. Well, and also, Skylar Aston brings it to yes. any number uh, singing and dancing. So he makes it look so easy. Yeah. He nails every single one of them. Yeah, yeah. He's I say the strongest singer. Dancer. Oh yeah, in the in the whole cast yeah. by far. Yeah, and and the cast, with maybe the exception of Skylar Aston, is not a musically forward cast. Like this is not Glee, for example, where right. the cast every very singers. Much, yeah. Um, which is fine. Like the show works without that. Um, well, okay. Mo is also a great singer who was oh, literally yeah, on Glee yeah. in the later seasons. <laughs> he is. He is yeah, so Alex great. Newell um, is also amazing. <laughs> yeah, and one of those people who doesn't need any help in the studio. Yeah, or live. Like it's just perfect all the time. Yeah, although I never felt like Mo really ever rose above the black best friend. Yeah, well, and sort of in, like, the ma- uh, magic black friend. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we talked about that in the, yeah, in the pilot. Yeah. Like, we were worried about that, and it never really got past Right, that. he exists to be kind of a sounding board mm-hmm. for Zoe and not a really a 
character in his yeah. own. Yeah, he kind of gets right. two stories. He gets the story about singing in a church choir, which I think yeah. was done well and interesting, but was an episode. Um, and then the sort of thing with his boyfriend, I guess, that was super background every time. Yeah, yeah. And not particularly interesting. And, like, resolves easily. Yeah. It was a weird fight to have. Yeah. I, yeah, and then, yeah. Can we talk about, though, how... But the huge problem with the episode where Mo struggles with coming out to his church and his church choir. Yeah. Which I can't, I was looking to figure out which one it was and I'm, maybe it's Zoe's, episode four, Zoe's Extraordinary Neighbor. That's what it is. Episode four. Okay. Um, so Mo, who is a non-binary character. Yeah. Um, and, and so often expresses himself in in more like more on the femme scale Mm -hmm. of things um goes to a church Mm -hmm. and sings in the choir he's a big like church person yeah yeah um but dresses much more butch yeah mask i think more more so than butch but that's a distinction that i know exists and i'm probably getting it wrong so In, in a way where he passes as a cis man yes um so, and, yeah, so he's very, like, proud in his normal every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and, and he, is, he is happy to be a part of the church. He loves singing in the choir. Um, he seems to have a sense of community there to a certain extent. Yes, and they talk to the pastor, and the pastor knows about his most gender and is totally fine with it. And it seems to be the type of church that wouldn't you know, from from the outside looking in wouldn't turn their backs mm-hmm. on finding out um, his gender. Yeah. But he's still f- afraid that that's the possibility. Mm-hmm. It all makes sense. Yeah. I it's, mean, that's... It's, it's, a, it's a fairly good, like, storyline mm-hmm. about... And it's pretty much the only one where we learn anything about Mo. Yeah, or like, he has any sort of agency. Is, is, any sort of agency <laughs> or characterization besides magic black best friend yeah um but the b storyline in that one was um zoe's brother and his wife who are pregnant oh yeah i forgot about designing the b story to, in this episode to throw a gender reveal party <laughs> for so, their child for their child specifically so that um zoe's dad can the, know can can know what Gender, the child has. The word they use is is gender. The word they use is gender. We use would be genitals. Um, Yeah, so they they have, you know, the pink and blue, pink, I think, I don't even remember what the the symbols were for the... Balloons um, and footballs, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And this goes completely unquestioned, <laughs> unremarked upon. So here we have this non-binary character having uh, interesting agential storyline about coming out as non-binary. And the complexities of that. Yes. <laughs> and um, intersections with religion. And how religion. he has to like, code switch in different places. And, well, and even like Zoe's like insistence on a correct outcome and yes. sort of like... Pushing you, him to come there's out. There's a read of that in terms of like the ally who's a little bit too proud of themselves. Like there's a lot going on in that storyline. Yeah. And then, you know, 
Just a regular old gender reveal party. Boy or girl. Yeah. <laughs> we tell our sonogram. Yeah, it felt like it genitals. was written by two different people. And no, no <laughs> connection to the ace storyline. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. That was that was ridiculous. And I was like, oh my gosh, writers, are you right? Are you seeing the same episode? Like, what? Well, and it almost feels like they were trying to do something related. Like, these are both stories about gender, kind of. But not understanding what that meant. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Why yeah. don't you bring up your problems with the musical theater? The musical numbers. Again, I got better with the second half of the season. What problems do I have? Be more specific. Um, the one that they're all cover songs. Yeah. So the things you have to act through um, without the words of the song matching the circumstances oh, yeah. of, of yeah. the thing. This is so, the thing I, I do have problems So you with. thought yeah. that... The uh, cover songs were often just too on the nose yes. of what yeah, that's the really character what it is. is trying to like, express. I, I think, in general, I feel that jukebox musicals have, I'm going to say this, this as politely as I can, have the deck stacked against them because it is, like, musical theater, the best musical theater in my opinion, the songs are undeniably intertwined with the story that's being told. Yes. Um, Post-Oklahoma yeah, musical. Yeah. And that's not to say that is the only way to do it. I think, for example, Mamma Mia does a pretty good job of intertwining mm-hmm. songs that are thematically connected, not necessarily character-driven um, in a lot of ways. Or... Um, Apparently Jersey Boys is real good. I've never seen it, but it apparently does that pretty well. I mean, I remember, like, I loved Across the Universe, yeah. which Julie Taymor's oh. jukebox oh, musical. Give me some Julie Taymor any day of the uh, week. Of the Beatles. <laughs> I haven't seen that in a long time, but yeah. I, I loved it. Yeah, but, I even loved the covers of the Beatles yes, song. but I think Julie Taymor understood that she was making a musical first and a jukebox musical second. Right. Because she was was willing to be freewheeling and reinterpreting these songs and putting them into new contexts where they worked together very well. Yes. That is hard to do. Yeah. Um, In comparison to something like, I haven't seen um, the Jagged Little Pill musical that's out on Mm -hmm. Broadway or was on Broadway recently. Um, But a lot of the stuff that I read was like, the songs don't quite fit the story. Right, they're kind of forcing a, it mm-hmm. feels like they're forcing a story onto, onto the songs. songs. Because like you've got this amazing album that is Jagged Little Pill which is an amazing piece of music, you know, and, and holds up really well. Right. And speaks to a certain set of experiences very powerfully. But then you try and slap a musical on that making these connected and character driven and that doesn't quite work right. in the same way. Also in the same way Cats the movie <laughs> yeah. musical where cats has is more of a concept yeah a concept musical mm-hmm. piece of musical theater and trying to strap a storyline onto that right was one of the many reasons that the <laughs> that movie, movie was terrible, was terrible. <laughs> yes um and so like yeah it's it's the musical numbers in zoe's extraordinary playlist are almost 
again, more in the first half, better in the second half, but are almost always so very specific to the emotion that the show wants you to know that the character is feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, with no sense of irony, with no sense of subtext. And like, if you know the title of the song, you know 95% of everything you need to know about this experience. And then it becomes more of, of being there for a spectacle. Yep. And I actually liked them more when I accepted that and was like, hey, we're just going to watch people sing and dance for a minute. That's cool. And I was I was more okay with that. I do think there were some exceptions. Um, Say My Name, I thought was a really good number. Oh, that was a fun... That was fun for me because I didn't know what Say My Name was about. <laughs> yeah, so when, when, when the fiancé realizes that Simon and Zoe may have feelings yes. for each other and she sings Say My Name, yeah. uh, Kevin realized that Say My Name was about a cheating boyfriend. Yeah, I had no idea. I thought it was just a love song. <laughs> like, hey, I love it when you say my name. Say my name. Not like the never, actual content Never actually the listen to the lyrics <laughs> of Say My Name. Yeah, so watching her perform that, I was like, oh, wow, there's a lot going on in this song. <laughs> right, so in that case, she performed... Uh, the the character actions through the song very yes, very well. Yes. And so when they were able to do that I think it worked really well. In contrast to something like the one that stood out real early on, it was um Lauren Graham singing Roar. Yeah. Which like Roar is kind of a bland song. Like yeah, it's it is. it's not a bad song, but it's just very like Yay There's no nuance or subtlety to it. Um, and so, like, Lauren Graham's singing it and doing the best she can in terms of, like, acting and bringing something to that, but the song doesn't back her up in that in mm-hmm. any particular way, which made it feel boring. Nah. Meh. Nah. Yeah. Yep, you've got the eye of the tiger. You're going to roar. Cool. Um, so that that bugged me a lot. And, and still, I think, underserves the show. Um, when it works, it works really well, but when it doesn't, it's, uh, it's Okay, fine. we're going to accept it. We'll watch yeah. them. Dance, dance around for a little bit so yeah i really didn't like that about it which is tough when that's sort of the premise of the show mm-hmm. um but it, it really feels like a musical made by people who've never seen a lot of musicals and who thinks this is what musicals are i mean i don't know anything about the production team I don't so either. i don't that I could don't be know. entirely wrong but it feels that way to me um who's the creator uh, created by Austin Weisenberg, who doesn't have a link on his Wikipedia to a Wikipedia page, which is, is interesting. This may have been one of his first things. Uh, yeah, so that that was about the music that that I had to make peace with to a certain extent. Um, I also it was interesting because I noticed that all of the musical numbers take place. Although they are in Zoe's head, and they never really bother to explain most of the rules of, like, sometimes time stops, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes other people join in, sometimes they don't, mm-hmm. how and why, and just to, just go along with this, just a show, just mm-hmm. relax. Um, but all of the musical numbers take place in a grounded reality, which is very interesting. Um, the exception being the one sung by her father. Who, where he, he gets to stand up and sing and dance um, in a way that he was not able to do. Right, because he is he's, has a neurodegenerative disease. Mm. He's um, basically mostly paralyzed. Mostly paralyzed. Can't talk, mm-hmm. can't eat. Um, and I think that that doesn't have to be boring, but it's often shot in a very boring way. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, we're in this space, and now we're singing and dancing. Um, and you can do that well, but one of the joys of being in a musical or making a musical is you're no longer bound by reality. Like, have some yeah. fun with it. Yeah, and I think in the first few episodes, too, this was this was more of a problem. Yes. I think I brought up... Um, I specifically remember when Zoe's hearing uh, her brother at a bar... Yes, that was the one that um, bugged me so much. Singing, <laughs> you've got a right to party. Yeah. The Beastie Boys um, song. Um, Which just took the lyrics of that song at face value. Yeah. Um, but I realized part of what had been bothering me about it is that, you know, Zoe is kind of an avatar for the audience mm-hmm. through these songs. She's a protagonist. Yeah. Um, and since she's hearing these songs... Uh, she's watching. She can't take a part in in with them. Mm-hmm. She can't even react that much to them yeah. because she knows that other people like are not aware of this happening. Mm-hmm. So she's a real. It's just like a dud there on. I don't know. Yes. Like, on and screen, she's she's, she's she's hollow to a certain extent. Yeah, and so it's it's rather awkward to watch her. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know you feel as the audience. Not getting into it so much because yeah. she's not getting Which into it. Which is why I think the episode where she started singing was so good is because apparently Jane Levy's really good at what she does. Um, and when they finally let her be good at that, it worked really well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's sort of being, you know, held back almost yeah. by the but show. But it, it felt... She's doing the actor was doing what she could mm-hmm. with it, but it kind of felt like the director and the choreographer didn't know what to do with her yeah. during those moments. Absolutely. Um, and I don't think that got fixed for the majority of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I was going to say, I didn't always love Mandy Moore's uh, choreography for the show. There was just a lot of what I call willow movements, where it's just this flowy, like, upper body and arms. Yeah, no, and I know exactly what flowing. you're talking about when you say that. Um, and it's, it's, it's very, like, modern dance it's it's like, it's like a knockoff of a knockoff of Martha Graham. Yeah, and it just it happened a lot with people who you could tell were more actors who can move than yes, dancers and, who can act, and yeah. like, um, and it I just it it didn't fit the story of those songs mm-hmm. always well for me. Yeah, um, and. Yeah, and it, it didn't do anything. It was, we're having dancing because we're supposed to be having dancing. Right. So another thing about a musical is the dance should also be forwarding a story. Yeah. And having, <laughs> telling you about characters, telling you about mm-hmm. the conflict and the actions and what they're and then, thinking and feeling. in a filmed musical, you have the benefit of the camera, which can point perception and can change the framing and do even more with that. And I never feel like they do any of that. Mm-hmm. Like, it never feels like the, the dancing or the camera in the musical scenes is adding much. It is it is trying to just be a window onto this world, which is, is boring filmmaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, another problem mm-hmm. that I noticed in the beginning I, uh, was my concern about Zoe taking on all the emotional labor. Yes, in which this never really got dealt with. No, it didn't. She continues to be... Um, I mean, she has to help people work through these songs, or she hears the songs over and over, again. all over, yeah. um, again and again. So she has to do that. Um, you know, I appreciate it that they contrast it with 
the Silicon Valley mm-hmm. tech company where Zoe becomes a manager in the first or second mm-hmm. episode of her team, which is, you know, it's a team of all men. Yeah. And, like, so she is, has that leadership role. Her boss is Lauren Graham, you mm-hmm. know, one of a very few handful of, of women in the company um, in power positions. So it's kind of... And Lauren Graham, her character is not a warm, fuzzy feeling, no. emotional, like, uh, labor she kind of She doesn't do person. any emotional labor. Yeah. <laughs> not even I, for herself. Right. right. <laughs> um, and I think another thing that changed when we went into self-isolation is I just watched everyone switching on this emotional labor with yeah. other people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, then it became more okay for me to see Mm -hmm. as like because we got to take care of each other (laughs) we got to take care of each other and you know i remember in the kind of the first days if i didn't if i got a personal email and i didn't return it in a day or two um because i'm kind of slow then i would get another email like okay are are you okay okay? (laughs) uh and that's lessened now that's lessened now but um yeah i'll get random texts from folks just checking in Mm -hmm. um and that's a to me a huge change yes. from from life before quarantine, which is about five years ago. Yeah, we've decided um, either five years ago or last week. It's very confusing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so then I was like bolstered by seeing her emotional mm-hmm. labor on yeah. screen, it, which again was totally affected from the context of the world. Welcome that to we how were living media works in. <laughs> That's, yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that. You you saying you're sort of looking for, like, lighter or more interesting things. Um, I had trouble going to sleep last night, as I think I mentioned to you this morning. Yeah. Um, and part of it was because I was reading uh, Stephen King's Finder's Keeper on my phone. And I'm yeah, about 20% from the end. And I'm, I was reading it, and I'm like, I can't read this right now. Like, this is not what I can read. But I haven't fallen asleep yet, because I like to fall asleep reading mm-hmm. a book. And so I had to go find another book to read um and so i was like okay what what am what am i feeling like and the answer was um urban fantasy <laughs> like popcorn easy reads <laughs> yeah and so i went and found a couple on the library and, and sampled them and then i'm now reading one of those <laughs> yeah it's it's been such a weird experience like i you know shows that i really enjoy like expands and mm-hmm. altered carbon yeah it just seem too heavy yeah uh, i mean well okay they're both kind of dystopias but um that doesn't I, i'm but, kind of over also, being afraid of literature about pandemics yeah and dystopias. but they're also just they're they're full of miserable people <laughs> yeah yeah and yet we have been watching succession we've got to yes. finish it we've been loving it oh, so um good. we do have, like need to finish it and do a podcast about what a bizarre experience that we discovered the show yeah, in quarantine we it's do. so heavy we need to finish that the people are so terrible and it's such a good show <laughs> Oh, what that what that means? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, context. Context is everything. We want these lighter, <laughs> lighter shows, and yet, like some of the lighter shows we watch, like all the CW mm-hmm. superhero shows, which really aren't too heavy. Yeah. Um, also, just haven't been keeping my attention. No, they they're yeah. I, don't, I can't put my finger on why, but they're just I'm not compelled to watch them in any particular way. Um. Except maybe Legends of Tomorrow, because it's such a silly... Yeah, Legends of Tomorrow Does not take itself seriously. It is, and it is ridiculous. Um, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. like watching Batwoman right now feels wrong. <laughs> yeah. And we can also talk about, uh, I think, part, we are so off topic now. That's but, okay. Um, it's our show. We can do what we want. Is having 22 episode arcs with one villain storyline. Oh, I'm so tired of and it. It's, I'm so tired of it. <laughs> it's like a lot. It's so much. Uh, yeah. And I think as we get more used to ep- shows that are like Zoe, 12 episode season, yeah. you know, a lot of the streaming shows are eight or 10 episodes, then we're seeing uh, shorter arcs mm-hmm. because. Which is, know. if you're going to have a season long arc, you can't also have a 22 episode season that does nothing but deal with that arc. Uh, I think you can, Kevin, I mean, you can, clearly, because but you shouldn't. Most shows. Go back to the Buffy the Slayer, or go back to the X-Files way of, like, you've got your standalone Monster of the Week episodes, and then you've got your ARC episodes. And then you get to argue with people about whether the best X-File episodes are Monster of the Week or Conspiracy. They are Monsters of are, the Week. They're absolutely Monsters of the Week. <laughs> There's no argument to be had there. I have had that argument with many correct, people. And there are people who are incorrect. Yes. Speaking of, though, I know we're, we're super off topic. Uh, Succession has amazing episodes. They yeah. are complete, tonal, perfectly formed stories that are in an episode as part of a larger arc. And that's so rare in this day and age. It is. One more reason is Succession is great. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like a mirror upon our society, and yeah. it should be very depressing. Um, but it's not. Yeah. I want to talk about Sandra May Frank as Abigail performing Fight Song, the deaf... Um, performance in Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Do, do, do you remember what I'm talking <laughs> no, about? No what? what you're talking about. So an episode... What guest star? Nine with um, the nurse, whose name has now escaped me, is very protective of his deaf daughter. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that was an amazing... That was one of the best performances of the whole season. Yes. Um, so he has he has a deaf daughter whose name is Abigail. And... Um, and he does he not is, want to li- her to live in the world because he cannot see that she is adapted to yeah. being a non-hearing person in a yeah. hearing world. She's, yeah. you know... I think in this case we actually do say deaf. Deaf. Um, it's a, Sorry, it's a that cultural is signifier. that is a reference to normalizing hearing, and yeah. so it's deaf. <laughs> it's complicated. Yeah, yeah. So I take it back. I, it's recentering hearing this. Um. So yeah, uh, Sandra May Frank played that role, Abigail, and she is a deaf. Actor. And she is a deaf actor. And we, I was, I was curious when we were watching it um, because we've seen a few shows with deaf actors on them before. You watched all of. Um, Switch to birth. birth. Although the lead actress who is deaf is not it's played not by deaf. a deaf actress. No. Um, which is something that is hard to fix once a series has started, but mm-hmm. I think the show does a really good job of bringing more deaf characters in who are actually played by deaf actors. Yes. Um, I didn't watch the whole thing, so I'm, I'm getting that as bits and pieces from watching no, I, it in I, the I room. Would say that. The main actor who is deaf, I think, comes from a deaf family. Yeah. Which, I don't know. Complicated. <laughs> But so they, uh, Zoe and Howie go visit um, 
his daughter because she wants to be a computer programmer and, mm-hmm. like, is very, like, excited to meet Zoe, who works at this, you know, Not high Google. level. <laughs> right. But Google level yes. kind of tech yeah. company. Um, and so wants to wants to meet her. So they mm-hmm. go to her college. Mm-hmm. Um, and this takes place in kind of a common area in a dorm. Yeah. Which, which seems to be like a deaf community dorm. Yeah. Yeah. And she's arguing with her father about yeah. she wants to go study abroad, and he's like, "That's just not. That's no, not it's impossible. Safe. Yeah. Um, what will you do if you get into trouble? Yeah. She's like, adapt. <laughs> Deal with it. I, <laughs> what just I've like been doing yeah. my whole life, um, and so she sings a song that is entirely um, signed. Yeah. And the chorus of it is also entirely signing the song Mm -hmm. and that was you know that was hitting all the points of movement conveying a story the song Mm -hmm. kind of conveying a story you only hear the music um there are no subtitles so if you do not speak american sign language excuse me you do not know what you might recognize the song which was fight song which i sort of recognized but i didn't need the lyrics for it to work yeah I didn't need to know the exact translation of every sign that was being used. Right. And so Zoe is also not seeing, uh, understanding the lyrics, but she's understanding the sentiment from all of the movement (laughs) and the music. Yeah. Well, and and the majority, if not the entirety of the chorus of signers along with Abigail um, were from... Uh, the Deaf West Theater in L.A., mm-hmm. um, which is a deaf theater company. Uh, well, not exclusively deaf. It's, I mean, they're called Deaf West. Um, but they, I remember first hearing about them years ago when they did a um, mixed production of uh, Spring Awakening, mm-hmm. um, which was amazing. I saw a couple of performances of it on YouTube. It's real good. Um, and... You know, you have this group of performers who know how to do performance with ASL as their primary language. And, like, that is, again, one of those moments that elevated Zoe's extraordinary playlist in a way that I wish the rest of the show could accomplish. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I actually now follow uh, Sandy Mae Frank on Instagram because I looked her up and I was like, I'm going to follow you and see what you're up to. You're real good. They've real been doing um, a series, her and, and a number of other people have been doing a series of sign-alongs to various Broadway musicals um, on Instagram and things like that, which is neat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was cool. Yeah, one of the one of the just high points of the show. Yes. But do you think if I was going to call it Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist anything, it's uneven. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of all over the place. It is. It's, it's one where the pilot didn't grab me. I love pilots. I know. I love pilots. <laughs> um... This pilot didn't grab me, but I decided to keep watching, Mm -hmm. um, and we continued. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the last episode? I already shared why I was like, oh, they can't, Peter Gallagher can't die. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah. But he does. He does. I I thought that was a beautiful last episode. And they don't do the thing that I feel like so many shows do, so many pieces of media do, which is make it a shock and be like, oh no, he died. Um, like, the episode basically starts with the nurse going, like, this is it. It's today. Like, His this organs is, are shutting down. He can't eat anymore. He's got a very limited amount of time. And then the show 
shows them dealing with that and the difficulty of that um and the fact that you still have to like go to work sometimes and do your do other things um and deal with everything else that's going along because nothing stops when somebody dies um and so yes i think it did a really good job of showing all of that and a a slow burn yeah yeah um not typical for what you would expect for a season finale of a show like this. Yeah. The opposite of kind of the spectacular. Yeah. Although to be fair, the funeral song scene was spectacular in a in an understated way. Like if you weren't paying attention, you may not have noticed it, but it was all one shot. It was all mm-hmm. one take. Well, no, I noticed that, but I kind of don't believe that there are ever one shots. So, yeah, I don't, I, don't I don't know if it was made in one shot, yeah, but it is yeah. filmed like it one is shot. Filmed. I don't it's care filmed. if it's real or not. That's not interesting well, to me. And it was such a slow burn of the death that like, I was crying by yeah. the end of it. And I don't often cry when characters die mm-hmm. on TV shows. So, often because it's on superhero shows and I know they can always come <laughs> back to life. So it's never... And nobody dies on superhero shows. Never the end. but um, Or vampire shows. <laughs> Alien shows, they just came back to life. Oh, like, no! <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Um, so maybe that's also why I thought maybe he wouldn't die. He was an alien or a vampire or, or something. Um, but yeah, yeah. Just that last scene between him and Zoe, mm-hmm. he, where she's seeing him and they're doing this father-daughter dance mm-hmm. um, while he's kind of dying in the other room. Yeah. Um, uh a place where the movement did work. No one was singing. They had the music to mm-hmm. a song, and I don't even remember what the song was. Oh, True Colors. That was... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is, I think, the song he sang at the beginning of the series? Yeah. I, I think, think so. so. Yeah. So it was um, a nice... A callback. ...wrap-up yeah. of things. Um, the So the one shot where they're in the wake, basically, mm-hmm. of the funeral service has all of the characters singing a verse from... American Pie. American Pie, which is a song I don't like. I think it goes on forever. It's too long. <laughs> but I thought it worked really well in this I case. Do too. I liked what they did. I liked assigning a verse mm-hmm. to like each of the characters, and it was kind of concluding their story yeah, for the emotionally season. Emotionally speaking, emotionally, than, yeah. Um, and bringing it was the type of cover where you hear the words. A, in, a, in a totally different yeah, way. Yeah, for than, the first time again. <laughs> yeah, other than when you're you're used to the... Yeah, I mean, because everyone kind of already knows the lyrics to American Pie because it's just permeated society to a yeah. certain extent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, bringing new context to them, which again, you know, is very difficult to do in a jukebox musical, but they pulled it off in the scene. They stuck mm-hmm. the landing, as it were. They... Uh, yeah, no, I thought it was real good. I really enjoyed the the ending, so to speak, of that, the... the I don't know if anything happened after that or if it ended with her sitting on the couch crying. I can't remember now. I think it ended with her kind of looking at the spot on the couch yeah. where her, her dad had been sitting. Had been sitting, yeah. Um, Which, you know, using using framing. and Right. They don't resolve the love triangle. Mm-hmm. So we get to deal with that next season, Yay. too. <laughs> um, and I actually, I didn't realize that it was a season finale. I didn't realize they are going to just do... A short season. Yeah. 12 episodes. I didn't know when we started. I, it was not until afterwards that I was like, oh, that's yeah. that's the end. Makes sense. It, yeah. It definitely makes sense. But Yeah. Um, um, and as of, as far as I know, it hasn't been renewed for season two yet. But no TV will ever get made again, so. Yeah. 
And even if there isn't a season two, like, I think it works as a one and done, which is rare in this day and age. Because I feel like so many shows don't start telling their story until season two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, They're the prequels. Which the is, first two or three, one is, or two seasons are prequels yeah, to the show itself. To the show that it wanted to be the yep. whole time. Um, which I am not here for. <laughs> um, Westworld is the example that, of course, pops yeah. into my head. Like, yeah. the season finale of season one of Westworld was like, oh, finally! the show is starting now. And then, of course, season two proved that wasn't true. <laughs> um, I haven't seen season three. I don't know how, how it is. But I'm not excited to watch season three like I am more Succession. Yeah. Which is exactly the show it wanted to be from moment one. <laughs> Zoe's is the show it wanted to be from moment one. I think the show it wanted to be was a bit of a mess. <laughs> but a little I, uneven. Yeah. Yeah, real uneven. Some tonal whiplash. But uh, yeah, who knows what the future Jane Levy singing holds. I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus is maybe my TV high point of the year. That was an amazing, <laughs> so amazing good. moment. So good. Anything else? Other thoughts? No, I think that covers it. I think in summary, we still, our our initial problems continued through yeah. the season. I kind of came around to the show. Um, who knows when, if, if there were to be another season, when that would air mm-hmm. and what if situation with, the world is in. If Grandma, Graham, I would be very disappointed. Yeah. It's like, uh, uh, what's her name leaving Supergirl after season one? Uh, what is her name? Cat Grant. Cat Grant. <laughs> Callista Flockhart. Callista Flockhart. Oh, she was my favorite. <laughs> bring back Cat yeah, Grant. That was, that was when the show had CBS money. <laughs> oh, bring back Cat Grant. She was the best. Talk about strong female yeah. representation. Yes, Cat Grant was very fun. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's my yeah. my in summary. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I don't think I came around on it quite as much as you did, but I would definitely watch more. It's it's easy. It's easy to watch, which is fun. You need easy sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we gotta go get groceries. It's grocery time. All right, say good night, Amy. Good night, Amy. <laughs>